Hello, my name is Russ Clemmer, and I'm the host of the Three Wins podcast with Legacy Advisory Partners. I'm the president here at Legacy Advisory Partners, and uh, today there, there's just uh, just me, no guests, no no nobody that I'm going to interview. And this is because I want to present a tool to you today that we use with our clients when we talk about collaboration. And so often you've heard us talk about the three wins, the podcast is named for the three wins. And those are the three financial wins that we help businesses, owners, founders, their teams put together. And those those three wins are shareholder win, company win, and key leader win. And so we've got a process that we take business owners and founders through where we say, all right, you know, what's the the owner for the, uh, the owner or shareholder win? How do we define that? We talk about the company win. How do we protect and enhance the goose that lays the golden egg? And then how do we talk about the key leaders in a way that they can also win in the success that they're helping the owners create? So when we talk about that, we often we, we often bring in the, the kind of the left brain, right brain. We often bring in the, this question around collaboration because at Legacy, we have a conviction. We believe that, you know, just because you have a, a, a good business doesn't mean you ought to leave it that way. We encourage our owners, our clients, founders of companies, and this is, a, this is applicable to all of our clients, but mostly the entrepreneurial group. We say, hey, here's your business, but what's your, what's your real vision for the business? And some people are great at articulating it and bringing people around the vision, and it's accurate, and it's achievable, even though it's a stretch. But some people say, well, maybe 20% over last year. That's the vision. And we'll do that over five years. And I don't really know after that. That's not really a vision you can sink your teeth into. And so if if you're a leader, if you're an owner of a business, you want to attract and retain the best talent that you can get, because that's the way you're going to be able to succeed in the best way. And so when we talk about the three wins and we say, well, well, you know, what vision have you laid out from a financial perspective, but also what, what, what vision have you laid out for a sense of achievement and accomplishment before your team, before your whole company? And so today the, the goal is to be able to kind of go through what we call a leadership team interview process. We have a list of questions, some of the philosophy behind how we use them and present that to you today to be able to use uh, with your own team. So we call it, it's just simply the leadership team interview process. And just a a disclaimer, we are not in any way uh, psychologists. This process has not gone through rigorous psychological testing in the whole whole, uh, nine yards, like some of these other formal testing the disc and the Myers-Briggs and things like that. You know, just we want to make sure that that uh, we have that disclaimer in there and that you take this for what it is. But we have found time that there is a correlation between collaboration and profits. Now, there are market influences. There are things in industries and timing and th- politics and government and, and world events that we just, you can't plan for. You can't always hedge against. But assuming everybody's competing again in a, in a somewhat level playing field for the same number of clients with the same products, industry, services, that sort of thing, 
if, if you kind of normalize those different things and you say, all right, what sets us apart? It is, in most cases, going to be the collaboration of the leadership team, the owner, the, the, the non-ownership leadership team, that executive group, to be able to pursue a vision, a set of goals, something for that year, three years, uh, five years, depending on you don't get too far out, but you set that vision and everybody knows what their role is around the table. All the right roles have been identified. They know that the right person is in the right role. They have each person understands their own and everybody else is around the table. Their MIT's most important tasks. They understand that that they they need to bring they need to bring information, relevant information to a weekly leadership team conversation, whatever format that needs to be that needs to take place in around the accomplishment of their MITs in their role. And they need to be open to discussion. They need to be open to disagreement. They need to be open to conflict. They need to be open to making sure that they can challenge each other and, and be able to bring ideas to the table that are going to advance the team and the company in the direction of that vision. And so when we sit down with founders, we sit down with business owners and talk through some of these things. The first question is, have you ever set, if you ever sat everybody down, the leadership team, assuming you have identified a leadership team and assuming you have, you know, it's a formal team and, and they know that they're a part of and what their expectations are. Have you sat down and said and measured their responses to certain key areas? Now, when we do these interviews, these questions are based on the grade eight. And so our little formula is the three wins plus the grade eight equals the collaboration effect on profits. Now, that's not a guarantee. That's not a formal statement, but that is the formula that we use to teach and to train business owners, founder, entrepreneurial leaders, leadership team members in understanding that if we work together towards a vision, and, I, and we, we, we talk about the, the virtue of courage versus the vice of fear, a courageous vision, if we work, if we identify one, right, based on sound numbers that we were able to pull out of the three wins financial model, if we pursue a courageous vision, it's going to take a high level of collaboration. And we all agree to the ground rules, which we at Legacy use the grade eight for in our own business. And we teach where we're helpful. We teach those to, to our clients. We say, if you, if you are able to collaborate at a high level, then you're able to achieve a vision you would not otherwise be able to do. We're not looking for average. We're not looking for, well, we did you know this last year and well, we're gonna increase by 5%. And, and sometimes big clients walk away and sometimes industry things happen. We're talking about what can you control through weekly, uh, weekly conversation as a leader around the leadership team table making sure that everybody's doing what they know they need to be doing, what everybody else has agreed. This is your best function in your role. What can you accomplish? That's really exciting. For me, when we sit down and talk about what are the things we can accomplish at Legacy and we sit down with our clients and say, you know, this is what, you, but, but what could, what do you really want to be able to accomplish? What we typically find is that 
from person to person to person to the founder or the group of owners, however the the, the structure is, is set up, that it, we typically find that those answers don't match. They might be close, but a lot of times they're somewhat generic. Sometimes they are you know, just kind of a regurgitation of values and well, we, we want to make money or we want to do this, we want to do that. Uh, sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're, they're very inspirational and passionate, but they need to match. And so to the degree that the leadership team cannot articulate a common vision, understanding from a, from a financial perspective, but also a, a culture and team perspective, if they can't articulate a common vision, then founders and business owners and, and, and executives out there listening, that's a problem. And so in, 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 in no uh, uncertain terms, that problem is an opportunity cost. So somewhere along the way, because the team is not certain together, they've not worked on it together and decided together, there is no common articulation of the vision, there's a problem. Now, it doesn't mean that people don't know what they're doing or don't know what they're trying to do, don't know what their job is, but there is a there is a value to clarity. There is a value to clarity and being able to articulate a common mission, common vision. And one example is, and I read this in a, in a, in a book on vision and, and mission, back in, the, back in the, the, the space race age, there was a comment that somebody said, you would go into NASA and you talk to the leaders and the scientists and the people who were, who were making it happen. And you say, what are you guys doing? They didn't say they were computing. They didn't say they were you know, dealing with politicians and trying to get more money to be able to fund this and this. And they said, we're putting a man on the moon. In addition to that, you go to the restroom and maybe encounter a, and you say, hey, what are you doing? They didn't say I'm cleaning the toilet. They didn't say I'm wiping down the, the sinks. They said, I'm putting a man on the moon. So they were all working towards the same purpose. And so that's what we encourage, not only for the vision to be courageous, but for the vision to be understood all the way across the board, at a very minimum, the entire leadership team who are making big influential decisions, but then all the way down through the organization, through the organizational chart, to be able to say, everybody understands what we're doing. Okay. Now, when we talk about measuring the distances, it's not just vision. It's also th th this question that I brought up around roles and the most important tasks for the people in those roles. And so what we, what we challenge teams to be able to do is say, hey, everybody around the table should know what each other's role is, including their own, obviously. And in addition, the two to three most important tasks for each role. Now, I may know what my most important tasks are. And you may think, well, it's nobody else's business what mine are. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do mine. I'm, I'm a professional and I've been in this role before. And and you know, by the way, I don't, if I have two to three, then then I must be wasting a whole bunch of time. I've got 30. Well, we define a most important task by this. What are the two to three things that have to be done in that particular role? They have to be done on a weekly basis. And if they're not done 52 times a year, then the vision will suffer. 
the accomplishment of the vision, the achievement of the vision will suffer. That's a lot of definition. That, that takes some time to, to go through that and be able to say and articulate and define a most important task. There's some methods out there of being able to define those things, but we want to make sure that whatever method you're using, that it is confined to two to three. You don't want to just say, well, I, I need to check the finances if, if, you're, if you're a controller or a you know, part-time CFO or whatever position you're in. You don't want to just say, well, I got to check the finances once a week. You want to be able to articulate the, the two to three functions in your role that if those don't happen, it will either create a bottleneck for what has to happen down the line, or there'll be a disruption similar to a bottleneck. There'll be a disruption in the flow and the process where People are just kind of left scrambling or something doesn't get done and, and, and they can't do their, their work as well. So when you set those MITs, you have to set them together. You can't just do it alone. You can't do it in a vacuum because the chief marketing officer compared to the chief financial officer, they have to collaborate. If there's no collaboration, then there's a whole lot of opportunity cost sitting on the table that, 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 that the team and the company is not able to realize. And so we, we take teams through this exercise of being able to say, here are the MITs, right? You kind of have to start with the person that's sitting in the role. And then you have to have everybody's influence. You have to have everybody's thoughts and ideas. And it's not somebody else telling you what to do. It's somebody else saying, here's my perspective on the most important things that you do on a weekly basis that I know if you didn't do them or whoever is in the role doesn't do those things, then I can't do my job or HR can't do their job or operations can't do their job. Sales can't do their job. And so when you have that conversation, you're able to walk through and be able to have that, that influence. And, and you know that you've sat down and, and, and once you've got your two to three MITs, you know that everybody approves. It's not just you making them up and bringing in your, your two cents to the conversation. So once you have the right roles in the MITs, uh, clarify, then you're able to sit down and say, well, you know, we're walking through this, this whole process. And well, I mean, there's going to be some, there's going to be some accountability that has to happen. There's going to be some accountability. We've said, here's what we're going to do from a vision perspective. Here's what we're going to do. We have the right people in the right roles and we have the responsibilities, the most important tasks. And these aren't KPIs. KPIs can be can be more granular, can levels of KPIs. And, and this is, a, this is a, a different type of accountability measure than a KPI. It's a cousin of the KPI, but it's not exactly a KPI. KPI can be uh, more distinctive. And when you build out a role description from, an, from a human resources function, the KPI is a really, really good tool. The MIT is a little bit of a different, a little bit of a different animal, a little bit, a little bit of a different bird. And it's just a little bit more it's a little bit more flexible in its in its definition, flexible in its in its application, and it's fluid. You don't want to change them, you know, every day, every week, but it's fluid in a sense that as the priorities of the company evolve, as it goes toward through this process of, of working towards a vision, there may be some tweaks in there. From an HR perspective, you got KPI set in those things, you know, that they, they, they kind of stick for a while. So when we sit down, we're going to have collabor collaboration, but what, not without accountability. 
if I said I was going to do, we went through the process of divine teams. If I said I was going to do what I was going to do in that list of MITs, and I come in and I say, you know, you go around the room in the, in the meeting and you say, well, did everybody do their MITs? And it's either a thumbs up or a thumbs down. If it's a thumbs down, and you got to be honest, if it's a thumbs down, you know, it's not necessarily that you're a bad person, but it's a thumbs down. They didn't get done by whatever definition, smart, we talk about simple, measurable, achievable or attainable, relevant and time bound. And so as you, as you, you, whatever def, you know, however you worded the definition of uh, that, that smart definition of your MITs, if you didn't get it done, you didn't get it done. So your thumbs up or thumbs down. If you have a thumbs down, it's, it's a, not a, it's not an excuse, but it's a clarification of why. So this may have come up, this may have come up, shoot, you may have had COVID, been out, who knows, whatever the reason is. But if it's, if it's because other things that were not the most important things got in the way, then that's, you got to talk about it. That's the accountability. And so as you're going through this, you develop a rhythm, you develop a, a, a growing level of collaboration. And you're going to know really quickly from the people around the table that it, that are on the current leadership team, you're going, to, you're going to know really quickly if they're not into this, if, if they're saying, hey, you know, this is, I just like to do my thing and, and you know, you, you do your thing, but this, I know what I'm doing and I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to be the best judge of what I do with my time towards this job and this business and this company. You're going to find those people really quickly. They can't hide. They can't hide when this type of activity is on the table. So the question is, and this is the top down, founder, owner, from the top down, you have to be able to decide, what are we going to do if people don't execute on their MITs? So it's not a punishment, but there is a incentive out there. And that's where we loop in the three wins. The loop, uh, you sit there and you say, well, the shareholder win, the company win, there's got to be a key leader win. If you're going to sit down and say, we're going to work at a high level together, we're going to collaborate at a high level, we're going to hold each other accountable, we have defined what we need to do individually and as a team in order to be able to reach a vision that's above and beyond kind of the average that we could do if we just went, went about things normally. If you're going to sit there and say, here's the opportunity, then you got to be able to say, there's a there's a there's a a plan and a method for you to be able to participate in the success you're helping the company achieve, and so the shareholder win and the key leader win are not that different. They're both incentive based. The owner makes more money if the company does better, reaches a better, bigger bigger uh, vision and, and, and forecast and plan. If it's achieved, well, there's more money. If it's the right, there's more money for you know all the way across the board. And so as we talk about this. The owner and the and the non-owner key leaders, people typically say, well, what about everybody else? Well, under the corporate win, the company win, the goose that lays a golden egg, that's every other stakeholder. If the company doesn't exist, well, then those stakeholders are, there's a problem. And that's all of the other non-executive employees. Very important. But we just distinguish between executive and non-executive. That's all of the vendors. That's all of the clients. That's all of the families of employees. That's all of the other stakeholders who say have a connection to the success of the company. And so as we talk about all of the stakeholders, but specifically the shareholder and the non-shareholder key leaders, 
we have to say there's an opportunity, there's a plan, there's a, there's a process for executives, key leaders to be able to say, hey, you get to participate in the success, the above and beyond success that you're helping the company create. Because without you and the collaboration of the team, without that, we wouldn't be able to achieve that above and beyond, that, 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 that courageous vision. Now, that is a function of what we do at Legacy, to be able to map those different plans out for executives to be able to have that reward and incentive. But specifically today, I want to talk and drill down on what we call this leadership team interview process. And so as we're going through this, and we, we we're talking about, and sometimes people come to us and they say, well, we need to do this this incentive plan. Okay, well, we'll just put this incentive plan together. We kind of map out the three wins and, and make sure that everything looks good and is balanced. But sometimes people will say, I don't really, I don't really have a leadership team. I have some people that I depend on, but I don't really have a formal leadership team with expectations or a meeting rhythm or any of those different things. And the owner is kind of like at the center of the circle. You know, they're right there in the middle and, and they're kind of telling everybody what to do. And it all depends on that person. Well, we all know that that type of business is not worth as much as when an owner is able to get out of the middle of the circle and there's a team that exists and is operating at a high level, collaborating at a high level. Those two businesses are worth two different amounts of money most of the time. So when we talk about this, sometimes there's no leadership team, formal leadership team. Some, there may be executives, but no actual formal leadership team. Sometimes there's a team, but a high level of dysfunction. In, in, in any any number of areas, we talk about the grade, and, and you can find a, a, a link below to the, the grade eight where we talk about the vices and versus the virtues. And so if you have a high level of dysfunction, then you go go and go around the octagon and, and point to the vice that you can say, yeah, that's, that's, that's the one we really struggle with. And so you kind of walk through that area, and sometimes we hear that story. Sometimes we hear a story from leaders on the team who says the founder or the owner is suffering from some of these vices. So depending on how we come up with some of these conversations, we, we bring in this tool and we encourage every business owner, if you haven't gone through this, to go through an assessment. Either use this one or use one like it. If you have a business coach or somebody that you know who can do this, do it. And this is in the, in the category of 360 analysis, analysis where everybody's being interviewed and in, 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 in the conversations uh, are at the table. But these sp specific questions coordinate with the workshops that we've built around the grade eight. And that's why we like it. And that's why we use it. Again, not a, not a PhD qualified interview process, but it gets to the core uh, of what we see in different companies and in, in, in assists with measuring the gaps between what, what should be and what is. It also helps measure the gaps between the perception of reality between an owner and founder and the leadership team. It also measures and is able to unearth and identify, you know, sometimes there's an issue at the, on the table and because the, the culture and, and expectation and, and familiarity with the team and, and collaboration level is not where you could go and have some confrontation on an issue. This is a great process because it can be anonymous 
to be able to bring some of those things to light, whether it's with a with a, a co-leader or with the owner. Or, so you, you there's multiple reasons to be able to do something like this. And so when we go through this process, and I'm just going to share this, this is, this is not polished. We have a little bit of a more polished version, but I want you to be able to kind of see the way we do it. And you can build pivot tables with this and compare things. But when we go through this, we put these questions on the table in two different formats, right? So we have vision, engagement, communication, impact. Vision is, is courage, right? We talk about the virtue of courage. Engagement, the engagement workshops, the engagement questions, that category uh, is from the next virtues and then communication are the final three. And so we ask these, and again, this is this is our way of doing things and, and we're, we welcome you to, to, to look at it and, and try it and think through it. If you, if you need some help, please contact us. But the questions here are open-ended on this side and ranking questions. And so you wanna ask the same question in, in two different ways. You want someone to be able to rank it, right? And, and you know, how would you rank the company's uh, ability to live out its values? How, would, how well do people like working at the company? How would you rank the teamwork of the key influencers? How would you rank the understanding of the vision? I'll skip one. To what degree is the vision simple and actionable? Well, when you kind of walk through those questions, there may be some clarifying. What do you mean by that? And kind of clarified and kind of go through there. But we typically say just amongst the leaders, how would you rank these? And so you may rank it a seven, right? Or seven and a half, or you may rank it a five. You may rank it a two. You may rank it a 10. But what we do is we, we put all of the people who are in interview, we put the rankings side by side. And then we also interview shareholders, the owners, right? And that applies to the owners who are operating. They, they have a, a role in the business. But we set up for the owner when we interview them or the, 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 the owners, we sit down and we, we say, what's your ranking? And then we say, guess what you other folks said. And so it gives us that measurement, that gap be able to, to be able to say, well, here's what you think. And here's what you think the rest of the team, the, 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 the number that you think the rest of the team ranked the question. And so that can tell you a whole lot. The gaps are what we're trying to identify. Similarly, over here, we'll say, well, what are the company's values? So if you rank, how would you rank the company's ability to live out its values? Well, that's an ability question. That's not asking what are the company values? So we want to be able to say that. And this is one of those things where values can be just nice things that are put up on a wall and they can look really nice and they could be on literature and at the bottom of the letterhead and wherever you want to put them. But if they're not in the minds and in the hearts of the people working in the company, they're not really there because they're not being lived out in customer service. They're not being lived out on the assembly line. They're not being lived out in the people who are managing the books and the finances. They're not being lived out in the sales conversations as the as the, the the new client, the prospective discussions are opening up. They're not being lived out in the in the the philanthropic and community involvement of a company. They're not being lived out in just keep going down the line. So if you have values, what are they and why are they important? And if you if everybody around the table, especially at the top of the leadership team, are not answering in the same way, then there's a problem. Similarly, you go down the list. Why do people like working here? Not just how well do people, but why? Why do people like working here? What are the who are the key influencers in the company? And so, if you have 
you know, three, four people leave somebody off the list. Well, they're on the leadership team and they're not even acknowledged as a key leader and a key influencer in the company. Sometimes there's influencers. They're not on the key or on, not on the, the leadership team. So who are they and why? What does that what does that mean? And then what is the vision of the company? And oftentimes I'll have people say, well, it's whatever the owner says. That's not okay. It's okay if you just kind of want to be average and, you know, kind of go through things. But there are a lot of problems associated with that answer. If someone is not in their optimal role, we talked about roles earlier. Who is it and what would you say their optimal role is? This is not an attempt to get rid of somebody. It's not an attempt to say, well, I don't like that person. So I'm just going to say they're not in a good role and somebody else should be there. That's not what this is about. If there are people on the team that are underperforming or they are constantly causing problems or you've tried to work with them and and, and, and whatever the whatever the excuse is, that will come to light. But this is not a, a complain and session and, and, and just open it. I'm just going to harass people. Oftentimes when companies send out a survey, they get a bunch of junk back right? And they have all the statistical analysis to be able to say, well, here's the, the margin of error and, and all, the different, the, all the different considerations that you can apply to the data. This is specific. This is specific, direct feedback that can be used to enhance the team and build its ability to collaborate around uh, a common vision, a courageous vision. So as you look through these, and the, the link to this is in the in the description below. But as you read through these, if you want to tweak one, if you want to add one, and, and we customize, this is just kind of the starting point. Sometimes there's a specific challenge a company or a client that we're working with is facing. And we'll tweak this to, to add a couple of questions to a specific area. But this is kind of the starting point. And so you kind of go down this list. How do you hold each other accountable? Well, sometimes the answer is, well, we don't. Things just get swept under the rug. Well, that's a problem. When you ask somebody about your company story, what do you say? So that storytelling is a very, very important part of this. This question here on, on row 11, what have you done to discover yours and the team's strengths and giftedness? That's an awesome question. And sometimes we get, well, we did a personality test. Well, what, what's the result? Well, we really don't know. And I'm here to tell you that that is, that is some of these things are going to be strengths in the sense of you, you know them and you own them and you, everybody can articulate perfectly. Some of them are not. Sometimes, sometimes there's that, there, there's that intangible, I know what the strengths are of the people around me. We've been working together for a long time. We just have not actually put them on paper. You can learn a lot by going through the process and putting it on paper, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't understand each other's strengths, weaknesses, or giftedness, right? It can be enhanced. It can be improved. And to the degree it is improved, there's going to be uh, a little dotted line that leads over to the collaboration effect on profits. How well does the team handle disagreements and conflict? Whoo, that's, that's, that's a really good one. And to the degree that we sit down and we hear people say, well, we just don't, you know, we, we, we just kind of, you know, we don't like it and, or the owner is just kind of non-confrontational or or sometimes we hear, man, that's all we ever do is just full of conflict, always just just disagreement and conflict. And you say something and people belittle you or they cut you off or they just say, you don't know what you're talking about. So that can be disheartening and, and, and it takes the, the passion and the drive out of people. And so, and again, just the, the, the clarification here, when we're dealing with a 
small to medium-sized business, and the person is sitting there and saying, here's what I do. I'm passionate about it. I want to bring my skills and talents and my passion to this particular company. When we're talking about key leaders, influencers, and the leadership team level folks, there's three different options. They either love what they do and they have a great place to do it at your company, talking to the business owners here. Number two, they leave and go somewhere else and, and, and work for a competitor. You know, who knows? They have family reasons and they move and, and that's different, right? You can't control that. But if you can control if they go and do the same thing someplace where they're going to be more appreciated or the culture is uh, calmer, more reliable, dependable, more relational, somewhere that they know that they are being valued or they go and they start their own business and they compete against you directly. So those, those are the three options. And the best one is that you provide a place where they can bring their skills and talents to the table in your company for your clients and all the other stakeholders are able to be to benefit from their involvement in their leadership in the company. So that's disagreements and conflict. You want to keep the best talent that you can attract and attain. You want to keep that talent. And this is a big influencer. In it. And then we, st we stop and say from an impact perspective, the last two on last two rows here, where would you make a benefit or where would you make an impact if given the chance? Or what feedback do you have that you haven't given the chance uh, yet been given the chance to give today? And those two questions leave it open to the participant in the interview to be able to voice something that's going on. Sometimes it's a good idea. Sometimes it's a beef. Sometimes it's just a, a concern that they don't know how to articulate articulate in any other way. Sometimes it's a, they're, they're you know especially where there's no accountability and, and poor conflict management expectations. They just don't know where to go and how to say it or anything else. And it, it we never know what's going to come out of those two questions. And so when we walk through these, it, there's there's a there's a lot to it. And you just never know what's going to come out of it, but. Every time when we're done here, you just kind of simply create these reports and, and kind of summarize the feedback, build the pivot tables where you can see the ranking side by side, and you sit down in a conversation. And our process, at least, is to, to go take the team through this with the owner and, and then go to the owner and say, here's the results. The, the, the responses are anonymous. And, and what we tell participants is if the way you say something, everybody's going to know it's you who said it. Let's say it a little bit differently. Or you just don't care, and that, that this is the feedback that you want to give. Then we we sit down and say, all right, what, what are the what are, what's the owner's reaction? What are your thoughts? And most of the time, there's one or two things where they're like, well, give me some more context, and we'll flesh out the context. But most of the time, they know. They they deep down they know what these responses are going to be. Generally, they know what they're going to be like. They also they also look at it and say. I just don't know what to do with it. I don't, I don't know how to handle some of these things. And that's where we come in and, and any, any, anybody that you work with from this perspective, you use this tool or another tool and work with the business coach, you want them to be able to map the next steps out. And, and, and so you kind of talk through some of those things and we always encourage, hey, get the team around the table and go over 
make sure that they can see this usually the, the afternoon before. Don't let them have too much time. And then the meeting is either is the next morning, starting the next morning. But they can see this, they can see the feedback and they know ahead of time, hey, we're not doing this to punish anybody. We're not doing this to get anybody in trouble. We're doing this because we need to be able to improve our collaboration in order to be able to define and achieve a courageous vision for the company and for all of our stakeholders. So when we sit down and we go through that during that meeting, there's, there's, it's not always a happy meeting, but it's a good meeting. And out of that meeting come our next steps. And we sit down and we say, all right, based on this, here are some of the things we need to do. And we don't do all of the training around these concepts. And, and, and we bring in different people who are specialized and have been approved and, and, and they've gone through training and they know what to do and how to do it. We don't do all of this. But what we, we set up, help people set up is the role clarification question. And we say, well, you know, what's the vision? What do you want to accomplish? We map that, help, help the, the company map that out from a, from a model standpoint. And then we sit down and say, well, if you're willing to collaborate at a high level and, and take the steps needed to improve your collaboration and you, you, you achieve these numbers, here's what's in it for. You. And that's, the, that's giving them the opportunity to participate in the success of the company as if they were an owner at a, at a higher level from a financial perspective, compensation and benefits perspective. And we say, how does this story look? Is it a win for everybody all the way around? That's what we help bring to the table. And so if any of the things that we've talk, I've kind of walked you through today, if they strike a nerve or you say, man, I really need to tend to that. And there's somebody in the back of, back of your mind who's been saying, hey, I can help you with that. Hey, I can do that for you. Give them a call. Give them a call. Work with them and see where that conversation takes you. If anything that I've put out there today, if it makes sense from a, a perspective of reaching out to legacy, please do. If you want to take this and, and, and do a, a self-assessment or you have somebody that can help you do a self-assessment, some third-party objective person to help you do a self-assessment, then do it. Get, at least get the answers and being able to kind of have the, the, perform this litmus test to know where you are and what you need to be doing. We encourage it. It's not comfortable, but every single time you go through it, there's something that you'll learn and there's there's a lesson that'll be in front of you and the team and you'll be able to identify the people who want to learn the lesson and to grow together to be able to achieve more success in the company for all the stakeholders involved. Thank you for, for listening. Thank you for being a part of this, this Three Wins podcast. Check the description below for some of these links. Again, reach out to me on LinkedIn if you have any questions on this, this process. We appreciate you guys listening and being a part of the podcast. Please uh, like and share with anybody that, that you have in your life and, and on your mind. If somebody comes to mind, make sure you share this with them. There's so many small businesses, medium-sized businesses, founder and entrepreneur-led businesses that are highly technical and, and, and they have the how-to, but the collaboration piece is missing in, in, in many different ways. So we want to make sure that this is, that this is in front of them and, and they have an opportunity to learn from this uh, and connect with a coach, someone who can similarly take them through a process to improve their collaboration. Again, thank you. Appreciate it.